This is just Winging It Podcast. Again, with the awkward <laughs> as shit. Who talks like that? I don't know. I, I even, at the this end, I think I, I think I put like a question mark at the end. I think the whole thing was a question mark. John Abdullah. Should I just do it again? Yeah, do it again. John Th- Abdullah. This is just Winging It Podcast. That was worse. I'm Patrick Green. Do I ever say podcast usually? I think I usually just say this is just winging it. Well, we're actually dad's podcast. Well, we are. I mean, I put a, I, we don't have to say that, you know. I don't want to say fucking Star Wars New Hope every time. Yeah, but you know what? I got to say, the dad's podcast thing, is it like, is it missing an apostrophe? No, it's meant to be dads who podcast, not... Oh my God, I didn't know that. Did I just blow your mind? Holy shit, that's the name of my co-owned show, and yeah, I didn't know that's yeah. why you called it it. I, I feared this would happen, though. I, I did, you just wanted to clarify I for specifically the, thought the West Wing would, show. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I thought, you know, I'm thinking SEO. I'm always thinking SEO, search engine All optimization. About that. AI. And uh, Data pockets. I figured if we had the word dad in our in our title, we might actually stand to, you know, get out there. So it's Dad's Who podcast. Yeah, that's it's, what it's meant to no be, who. because we're not exclusively for dads. You right. know what I mean? It's not like... My dad's podcast, which right. I, that's a scary that sounds thought. Terrible. If my dad listened to a podcast, it would be, it, it's basically sports radio. That's all it would be. Yeah, my dad's would be Seinfeld reruns and <laughs> like and like old like Jackson Brown records. Yeah, which actually sounds kind of like a nice. Maybe my dad that should actually, get into podcasting. That yeah. sounds nice. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could be down for that. All right, and then antivirus software. My he's dad was very literally into that. as as a bus driver was known as the sports radio guy because like in the bus he would always just play sports radio really? when he's driving kids around. That was like because oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he it was actually it was like a coach that he was driving at a college and uh, and so they would just call him you know the sports radio guy because of course they all have like nicknames for all the bus drivers. You know, yeah, but that's like a long epithet. That's true. I mean, I would call them sports radio. Do you think maybe they just went with the acronym after a while? Like shock shock, shock shock. Sports radio guy. So so Serg Serge. Oh Serge. Serge. Yeah. Kind of Greek too, yeah. right? Serge. Yeah, he's not Greek, but yeah, he's Lebanese. He's Lebanese. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations. <laughs> so here we are with just winging it podcast. I'm John Abdullah. <laughs> still sounds terrible. I'm Patrick Green. I know. I'm still gonna let you know that. Yeah. Every it's time. Just winging it. Dad's podcast. <laughs> Should I just remove that part? No, right into it. us. Let us know. What do you think of it? Yeah, I can remove it. What the you... fuck should we call the show? Can somebody tell, tell us, us what is happening? Tell us what we should call it. What we should do. What you want to hear us talk about? And then just give us money. But we yeah. do have something to tell you about what we're doing. That's true. John, would you like to kick that off? I think we've got. Wait, what do we have? Oh yes, you're right. <laughs> I almost forgot. Yeah. Are you all ready for this? Amazing. This is like the biggest announcement we've ever made. Pull over on the side of the road by popular demand. Is it fair to start it that way? Yeah, I don't think anybody's ever asked us. That's to do true. This. It's but true. this has been overwhelming. We have uh, set up a live recording of this show where you can come and you can watch us actually record a show live in, in person. In person, completely nude. It, <laughs> it is. It probably it, you shouldn't bring kids. Not because we'll be completely nude, but because you know. It, it's, uh, I mean, the stuff we talk about, I don't know if you want your kids hearing it. Also, if we are nude, don't, don't, the kids should not see that. But if, it, if it's between you coming and and not, because you have to bring the kids, then just bring the kids. You yeah, know what I mean? Right, Put your right. headphones on them. That'd be okay. We can tone it down a little bit. It's true. We can fucking tone it You're down. You're right. Fine. We'll fucking tone it down. All right, bitch. So October 6th in Somerville, the Somerville Armory. The uh, Armory on the Highland Avenue. You know, they really reached out to us and just wanted to host us. That's not true. We, they begged. We, we begged, yeah. Um, they begged or we, we begged? Both begged? We both were like, <laughs> please, so. No, we're really excited, though. So it's going to be October 6th at the Somerville Armory, and we are going to do our first ever live recording. Uh, I imagine we'll like Facebook Live it or something, too, for those who can't actually get here. But you should you should get here. You should, it's going to be a lot here, better. Okay? 
um, you know, you'll get the full five senses experience of Patrick and John, which I mean, you know, it's pretty glor- uh, glorious. I'd it say. is. It's worth at least five cents. Definitely. Although it will be free. It will be free, right? which is pretty cool. That's how much we want you to go. We're not yeah. even going to charge you because we Once just again, want you to, we're begging. We just want to be is, with you. We do. Um, and you know, it'll be an opportunity to ask us questions and have something a little more interactive. And uh, yeah, hope you'll, hopefully you'll attend. We'll probably be uh, you know pimping this out every day, every, every <laughs> pimping, recording. Pimping I don't know why out. I use that word. <laughs> Weird image. Um, it's true. Uh, we'll be you know talking about this in the next you know several episodes. You'll you'll just hear us constantly blast out about the fact that we're doing this so that you actually show up. Yeah. Um, but so yeah. You, you might want to fast forward the next few minutes of each episode. When That's we start. true. But it's going to be amazing. I'm really excited because I feel like this show has such a great little mini um, fandom around it. Like yeah. such a nice group of like friends, family, family's friends. Mostly just our family, but also <laughs> friends, and uh, but also people who write into us. Like for example, man, I am just on it with these transitions today. Holy shit! For example, you are on the Barry money. Weston. Barry Weston, what up, Barry? What up, Bear? Our Canadian the Bear fan base, I believe. Yes, right, 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 right. Uh, all the way from the snowy north, which is not that snowy right now. He wrote uh, King of the North in Barry re- West. <laughs> that's that's his name on the show, it's the Bear true. King of the North. Uh, in response to our latest episode on, episode on road trips, said, episode, having just come back from a trip that had 12 plus hour drives on each leg, this was a timely discussion. Some helpful tips for sure. I got a kick out of the praise for the tiny Honda Civic. What the fuck, Barry? Are you knocking my Civic? I mean, he's just <sighs> stating a fact. Well, it's not. It's it's in the scheme of it's things. It's not that okay. tiny. It's got a hatchback. It's it's kind of tiny. Says, Wait, are we talking about the car now? Or? <laughs> it's bigger than it looks. <laughs> Once you go minivan with dual DVD Blu-ray, you can't ever go back. See, that's peak dad right there. That that's is super peak, dad. Peak dad. Oh, we should talk about peak dad while, while you're not listening to what I'm saying. Yeah. Just think about what your peak dad moments. Because I have some of these. So my response was, uh, I eventually just want an actual yacht with multiple stories and monster truck wheels and a in a full Dolby movie theater. Yeah. And uh, and he said, don't we all? So that was a nice little interaction. It was a nice exchange with a real with organic a real fan, fan. <laughs> organic fan out there in the world who's we know not you're artificially intelligent. So we know come you're out see there. us on October sixth in Somerville. And if you and, can't uh, make it, just you know, reach out to us on Facebook or or email. As you can see, we will read whatever you share. Basically, that's true. Uh, within reason. Oh, hey, another and, little bit of feedback. Yeah, if that's if I may, I, please. If I keep might, going. So we had one from a non-family. Here's another family member. One. This is my cousin yeah. Joey, who yep. I love very dearly and listens to every episode. Uh, and he uh, wanted to correct you, John. Me. Yes. Okay. You. Let's hear it because I he think I have a rebuttal that, for this okay, one too, well, buddy. Well, yeah. Good. Good for you. We'll but see. Go. We'll see. But I see. I can't refute it because I don't fucking know. He, anyway, he says uh, <laughs> brain cells regenerate into our seventies, mm-hmm. and then he said John should go jump out a window. He didn't say that. That was just my. That was my. <laughs> That's your commentary. Yeah, my editorial. So it turns What's your out. Rebuttal? Well, I mean, I actually did do due diligence on this one. You know, being the investigative reporter that I am, and that this show is, <laughs> right. uh, I followed up on this. It's a hard um, hitting show. Hours of googling. Yeah. Uh, and by hours, I mean you know minutes, but. Uh, and and actually, it's interesting because we're tapping into what is still a very much a live and controversial uh, matter in science because um, there's been this back and forth in some research that has come out at some points in time dating back to the 70s about how they didn't regenerate and then that they did. And so um, it's still in my understanding is that it's still a little unclear. But the latest research that I read is that they do indeed stop in your hippocampus developing, which is where you store like long-term memory Memories, and such. Yep. Um, they stop developing at a very young age, as early as like five or seven, I believe it was, um, which is insane that, that you sucks. would stop 
developing. Now, of course, that isn't to say you. Obviously, we develop memories after that point, but it's, it's the. <laughs> Could you imagine that if all we remembered <laughs> was like that period of time? I mean, there could be worse things. That's true. Uh, but yeah, I'm still, I'm still just thinking about that life that you would live. That would be so interesting. It would be kind of beautiful in a way, right? Yeah, yeah probably it would, be, it would be. be stuck in a. Moment. I feel like we'd be nicer to each. Well, it depends what age exactly, huh? I think we would probably be way more into Beyblades. That's than true. We are right now. That's true. And I can say that because today, <laughs> I'm already going to derail this. Bring your get your fucking research ready. Well, no, I was just okay. So I yeah, want to be really go. clear about this because yes. again, you know, we have this to is a hard hitting people. The integrity people rely of this on us. show. Yeah. So it stops regenerating cells in the hippocampus by age 13, but often much earlier than that. Regenerating cells. Regenerating cells. Okay. Is the idea that, well, for one thing, the hippocampus is a As very to what, small by the way? region do, of the brain. Do cells okay? just generate out of nothingness? Yeah, but they don't. They so, only regenerate. Well, wait, well, so, so, well, there's a key there, right? Because oh, regenerate means that this is based on hard hitting research <laughs> that I just did in my head for no reason as you were talking. Your, 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 it's head that with very my few head right cells. now is me thinking about hippocampus. You're literally wasting and trying not to brain. burp because of the tablet. Some drinking. of those brain cells are just disappearing. As go- we I can speak. feel them going away. So, the, so the idea that you're regenerating means that you are rec- re- that you're recuperating something that was lost, right? So, I do think that you probably stop producing those cells. There's the burp. Oh, Earlier on, enjoy that, everybody. I hope you're, they're still pulled over from the announcement, so they're they're not trying. I don't know they're, why they're anyone fine. listens to this show anymore. They don't. Uh, so the good thing is that I feel like we probably are born with the capacity to make so many of them that the body basically says it's non-essential to keep creating these at a certain. Isn't point. that what I fucking said last time? It's too resource intensive. I'm correct, <laughs> and I think that's why I don't have enough fucking hippocampus cells to remember yeah, that, clearly. John. That's true. But All the hippocampus, right, if it gets damaged, can lead to really yeah. horrible things. All right, fine. Um, other thing that I have to follow up on um and this is my own sort of social experiment not social but it's an experiment congratulations we, we talked about pinky and how we couldn't even think of a reason why you needed it the um, finger yeah the pinky finger when did I, because we did talk about this but <laughs> when, really when did that lost, happen because i had i had cut my you know oh, i was yeah, cutting okay, right, sweet right, potatoes right, right, and, right. and fucking sweet yeah, potato sweet potato and uh almost cut my pinky off right. and then uh, we were talking about how you know so what like what would happen if you lost your pinky right what would happen john um and i we couldn't think of anything it turns out your pinky is a little more useful than than I thought it was, at least for those who have learned how to properly type, <laughs> because you're constantly using your pinky to hold shift. Mm. So it's literally like one of the most used keys on the keyboard, which are fingers. I never would have thought that. Cause well, you have two shift keys. You do, but who the fuck uses the other shift key? Uh, you know what? I do sometimes, and it feels no, kind of good. No, you don't. No, it feels kind of good. I do it when I'm like, when I need to are like- you, Are you a righty, right? I am a righty, okay. yeah. Uh, and and it, I did it like the, today. I did two things. I pressed the other <laughs> command key and the other shift key. And I also you are used, such a weirdo just to see what it felt like. Yeah, the backslash, the backslash. Yeah, not the forward just slash. That we use all because like. my forward slash key is like worn off because I use it so yeah, much. And I was yeah. like, I wonder what the backslash feels like. And it was springy. It was uh, it was really rejuvenating. Yeah, there's nothing like a fresh keyboard key. Oh man, I love it. That got a little creepy. It did. What what the fuck were you talking about? Um, so anyway, I just wanted folks to be aware before you go and chop off your pinky that right. it actually is more useful than I thought. Did anybody actually chop off their pinky based on... Did we get any letters about that? I don't know. Well, if we did, they can't type, so who knows what the fuck they're talking about, right? <laughs> That's why it's, it's just all lowercase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so next time, don't judge when you see somebody send something all lowercase, because they might just not have a fucking pinky. They might have lost their pinky they might have lost There both are people pinkies. who do that. This is something that I should bring up. This is my yeah. little, like, getting on a pedestal moment. Oh, uh, here we go. A lot of the really good writers that I know in my life 
keep everything lowercase as like a stylistic choice. The good I'm, writers, I'm really? Yeah, yeah. So I don't mean people who clearly are just making typos and are just like and this sloppy. Is I mean, this like in their book, in their writing. No, no okay, although okay. we e- e- might little... have something to say about that. But I'm talking okay. about like Facebook posts, for example. Like a lot of my like friends who are very funny and you know really kind of hip. They'll write these like great, wonderful little vignettes on Facebook, and it's all lowercase. So my question is like <laughs> a. Uh, it's not a question. I'm just saying, please stop doing that. And then my actual other question is like, yeah. how is it possible to do that? Because every time I type anything, my phone is like, let me capitalize. That's true. Like fucking crazy. It's so that so means annoying. that they must be going back and then like choosing not to. I mean, they're so cool that they probably just like adjust their settings and then, you know, maybe that's they just how they always do it. Maybe they I just like put know. like one minute of effort into doing that. But why? I guess that's my question. Is it, it maybe may it's be a directly thing? correlated to their it, hipness? It, it, maybe it's like to be more droll, to be more like I mean, approachable. The only way to really know is AI. That's true. <laughs> the only way to really <laughs> SEO, we AI, can, and we can data definitely pods. establish some data correlation pods. there in terms of why they're doing that. I think we can. Hey, I was going to say something before. Go ahead. It's Jude's birthday today. Ah, he's that's six exciting. As we record this, he's six years old. Yeah, on August 22nd. when we started the show, he was four. Isn't that weird? That's very weird. Yeah, this morning he was as, as old as Grace is now. A.M. He's officially a six-year-old. Wow! And the reason I bought up, brought up Beyblades is he was allowed to open one present this morning, and it, it was it was a Beyblade Stadium, which is something that he's been oh, asking man. for for a long time because yeah. all his friends have it. Of course. And we were like, oh god, because we're already down the rabbit hole so far with Hot Wheels at this point, and with oh, like, yeah, all these you, accessories you really and shit. Are I mean, committed there. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like Beyblades is similar because it's about like collecting them and you have to get all these like accessories. Man, these companies know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. And I got to say, this morning, the look on his face when he saw that he had Beyblades really? was 100% priceless. That's awesome. And the look on my face when he challenged me to play with him was 100% <laughs> terrifying because it went from me being like, it's your birthday. Like, let's try it out. Let's get to me being like, Jude, wait to the count of three to him beating me. And and I like wasn't having yeah. fun. I was like sitting up and I was fucking game on. Yeah. I was like, I'm not gonna lose to fucking my six year old baby. Uh, yeah, he's gifted at it, of course, because he <laughs> plays it with his friends when they go to their when he goes to their houses, right? Yeah. And I'm sitting there. I can't even fucking turn the thing. It keeps breaking in my hands. And he's like, Dad, you're not very good at this. I'm like, Jude, I get it. Okay. Oh man. Happy birthday. See, but- this is every. This will come in every father son relationship. Yeah. There has to be a moment where your son just like defeats you. Yeah, physically. I mean he does that most of most of the time. Yeah, to be fair, that's but, true. But with Beyblades, like he's conquered you. I, At this point, you're not even a dad anymore. Really. I'm just a vessel. He's of, just yeah, of nothing. I'm just an empty <laughs> fucking vessel, feeding off the dark heart of the universe that I live in. Um, wow. No, I was really. Uh, I, I was. I was like really having fun playing it with him because we do game a lot together. As as I've mentioned, yes, in this I've heard. That's yes. like a, a common thing for us. <laughs> and and he's old enough now that we can be like kind of competitive. And right. Like enjoy that must it. be so much fun. But the problem is, it is annoying you know me, to have to I play stuff like, and you know, like you know hold back. Like, oh, good job. Right. Right. The problem for me is that like I don't have like the ability to turn off my competitiveness once I kind of activate it. <laughs> full ass. So yeah, I'm full ass. Competitiveness so, like, activated. <laughs> the whole train ride, I'm like thinking about Beyblade strategies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm going to go home tonight, and we're going to have a fucking tournament. You're going to get destroyed again. I probably will. Well, he's been practicing. You're putting all, day. all this thought into it, and he's just fucking doing it. Yeah, and of course, then I, then I go the up lesson, to like brush buddy. my teeth, and I hear Micah downstairs being like, "Oh!" And I'm like, "Jude, what happened?" And he's like, "Mommy's beating me." And she's uh. like, "What do you think <laughs> about that, Jude?" Henry's crying. <laughs> And Jude's like, like, mommy, stop! And then I'm like, okay, she slams I can it clearly, down on the she, did, she breaks a window. Yeah. So I'm like, I clearly uh, am just bad at this. So I think, well, it must have been a fluke. I'll try it again. First thing I do is fucking break it. <laughs> like it falls apart in my hand. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going to leave. I'm sorry. Oh, man. Moral of the story is I suck at Beyblades, but I'm so proud of Jude. And uh, Happy birthday, Jude. I shared a, a post I hope this you're not morning. listening to this. 
He will be in 30 years. I shared a post this morning that I'll just paraphrase really briefly before we get rolling because it kind of uh, illustrates two stories about him yeah. that I think uh, are really about like his fifth year and where he's come mm-hmm. in it because he's really just grown like so much. Mm. And one of those ways is socially. I feel like he's just come out of his shell. Like People who listen to these shows from a year ago yeah. can hear me a year and a half ago even too. Hear me talking about how hard of a time he had at soccer. Yep. How like and we then karate like, in a car, and then mm-hmm. karate, and then he was really reticent about school and feeling like he wasn't fitting in. And he's just totally just moved past that. Oh, he is so awesome. confident in social situations now, um, and he's better in them than I have ever been. He's just very he's very natural and fun. Mm. Like I took him to karate uh, last week, and his um, grandparents were up, and they wanted to come too. So we all went together, and in like the heat of the excitement. Um, man, you have a lot of burps in there. You're, you're yeah, holding man, them back. Yeah, man, the sodas. Yeah, this, my, my mind is just You're drinking at this point. tab as we talk. So it that, is the best, do soda, the best soda ever made. I'm, that's the last one. It better be. So we go to karate and- uh, Or else in, in I'm going to just stop recording. <laughs> just, just turn it off. Never mind people stop listening. <laughs> they're, they're still on the side of the road. Um, so in the excitement, he forgot his, his belt for his like uniform. And, and, and I'm thinking still like, you know- well, they let a you in ago. without that. That's like a that's that's a big deal, right? It turns out they do, but I didn't know if they would, and wow. it has never happened before. But you know, it was just there was so much going on, and, and we got there and realized that they didn't have his belt on. And uh, not only did they let him in, but he was like totally fine with it. He wasn't embarrassed, even though he didn't have a belt. He was yeah. like joking about it with kids who were like <laughs> talking about it. He was like, "I know, like wow. it's cool, right?" That sounds huge. Just for it's the, huge. as you've talked about Jude, you know, like that that's a huge development because even just a year ago, it feels like you would have told that story and it would have played out differently. Yeah, and, and that's what I was expecting. Yeah, but the story that I was going to tell briefly is that we were um, in the Poconos a couple weeks ago, as you remember, and we were on a playground and. Um, you know, I might have actually told this on the podcast, but I'm going to tell it again just in case. <laughs> Man, that hippocampus there is was, just barren. Guys, there's no fucking cells left. But uh, but there was a, another kid there that was playing, and yeah. and they became friends. And the kid was saying that he didn't cry. Did I talk about this on the podcast? I don't think so. Okay, good. Well, who, who cares? <laughs> Nobody's listening anyway. I've been burping too much. They've turned off their series at this point. Um, so there's this other kid that was playing there, and Jude like went up to this other kid and befriended him, and they like really got along. And this kid said he was seven but he was built like a 12 year old so I, i'm assuming he was at least nine he was like a big kid um but uh they were really sweet together and they were having a lot of fun and at one point i wasn't there for this actually i was with henry who was jumping off the fucking roof of the of the uh, naturally playground that we were at but uh but micah who was closer and another friend of mine who was over there too um overheard uh, an exchange where this boy had been saying he was proud because he doesn't cry anymore because mm. he's growing up mm. and jude not like near anybody and not loudly, like not knowing anybody could hear, like stopped and put his hand on this boy's shoulder and looked at him in the eye and said, it's okay to cry. What? Yeah. That's amazing. I'm going to cry right now. And the boy was like, okay. And that was like, that was the entire exchange. <sighs> Were you but guys stopped just like, that moment. just like, yes, we just, we nailed it. I see, but the thing I, I can't, I can't take credit for it. He's just, he's yeah, just, but you, you did, know, but he wouldn't have come up with that on his own. I mean, you've created the conditions where it's okay to cry. That's huge. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Do you know what I mean? Well, part of it's probably because I cry about everything. So he's pretty used to that. Well, but. it's the modeling, you know, he's true. Yeah. That's cause true. He used to, we've talked about that on the show, how you force yeah. them to look at you crying. <laughs> Behold my, so my anger. Yeah. There's that, which right. maybe is the, leaves the biggest impression, but also yeah. I'm sure you've talked to him about how it's okay to we cry. We do talk about so, that a lot. Right. I feel like take full fucking credit for that shit. Yeah. I was really proud. I deal with that all the time, too, with Grace, where people say all the time, it's amazing. Of course, I know they have good intentions, but so frequently, um, it's like, you know, big girls don't cry or, you know, and it's like this trying to get her to stop crying. Mm-hmm. And I know there's good intentions there, but like, you know, we'll get more into the crying thing when we talk about back to school. But <laughs> yeah. um, but it's like, yeah, it just suppresses what should be 
okay, you know, right, like right. And if you feel like crying, you should feel like it's completely your right to yeah, do that, and yeah. it's okay. And um, and my friend who had uh, Greg of Greg and Meg, yeah, had overheard this exchange too because they were at the playground with us, and he was like really blown away by how um, kind of casual Jude was about it and how like how it seemed for him like the, the most normal thing in the world right. was to tell another boy that like that it's it's okay to cry sometimes you know that's how you create change really in this world man um, and then the other thing recently was he, he's been getting really over the last year into building stuff yeah that's become just a major thing for him and he's always loved science and engineering but he's like really good at it now yeah. he's been playing with Legos for so long and he's been like you know constructing things and going to discovery museums etc and um, he went to the beach with my parents last week, and while he was there, he started building these catenary arches out of rocks. What the hell? What are catenary arches? So they're self-sustaining. It's a Da Vinci concept. They're self-sustaining oh, yeah. arches. That so he that, studied Da Vinci. He clearly, studied, yeah. he studied <laughs> the works of Leonardo <laughs> Da Vinci. Um, they they hold themselves up. Uh-huh. I'm assuming let's say Doug the physicist is going to be like, well, that's not really the right concept. This technically, but his voice, it wasn't man, da he's got to do something about it. That's voice. what he sounds like. It's tough. That's yeah. exactly what that was a recording of him actually. <laughs> I love you, Doug. So they. <laughs> It's arches that basically, because of the way force is distributed, they stay upright. Right. Right. And and the shape of the you're supposed to use like lighter stones as you go up, and then they all like arc into each other, and they hold the whole structure together. So it's okay. a really strong building structure. Uh-huh. But he was making those out of just rocks, and they're beautiful. And he was taking all of these different colors of sea stones and putting them together into these mm. arches. And then he borrowed my mom's phone, and he took a picture of it himself. Wow. And the picture is like a Magical. really good picture. Like it's beautiful. Wow. And um. And I was just saying how amazing it is that, like, not only do I get to see what my son is, like, creating, but I'm seeing how he sees it. You yeah. Know? From his viewpoint, like, yeah. what he wants the world to see about his art. Because he took that picture to show us, because when he saw us that night, he was like, look what I did at the beach today, right? He then had it printed at uh, Kinko's. Is that even, is Kinko's even a thing Kink, anymore? We'll say it's Kinkies. 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 <laughs> He has since distributed it as like a, it's a, a postcard. Yeah. He's actually managed to get it into the postcard distribution so that when you go to like a local, you know, uh, gift a shop. A gas station. A gift shop or yeah. a gas station, you're going to find that one. Yeah, he's monetized he's managed this. to it's, tap it's, into it's it. It's fucking yeah. amazing. This year has been But it's not about the so money. Much he just, about you know, money. he wanted to get the eyeballs, you know. He did. It's about brand. Your brand awareness. Brand awareness. For sure. But isn't that cool? I, that's I amazing. That. And I, that's something that, you know. beautiful. Five to six was a, a period of huge growth socially. Wow. And, um, in terms of like uh, engineering confidence and, and uh, intellect for him. He's really a, a, yeah. a good kid. Yeah. So, I love you, Jude, and happy birthday. That's awesome. Happy birthday, Jude. But I still hope you're not listening. <laughs> yeah, but do not turn this shit off <laughs> right now. I'm getting Beyblades ready for tonight. <laughs> Just one. Uh, all right, let's, let's talk about back to school. Should we go back to school? Let's go back to school. Even that phrase, just saying it out loud, it's is, like, ugh. I hate that feeling. Even I though I used to like going back to school. Yeah. I think there was always a part of me that felt. Like, I, I liked it, but I also didn't want to, probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I can't remember exactly. But generally, like, I liked school. I liked the social part of it, especially as an extrovert. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, being able to see friends more and, like, be in that space. And I guess, you know, to be fair, I liked I liked a lot of the learning part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was exciting to see what yeah. was going to happen, right? Like, mm-hmm. new teachers. I used to love, like, having new equipment to bring in. Like, mm-hmm. my, like, new fucking, like, trapper keeper. Like, those yes. things were fucking tight. Oh, my God. Fucking, fucking three-hole punch. Three-hole fucking <laughs> dividers in it. Um, those were nice. 
They were. And the pencil cases, Even up to college, I remember feeling that way about some of that stuff. Remember? Because college, oh, you yeah. have to like, take it up a notch. You know, you got to get some oh, like, yeah. college-ruled notebooks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, to be fair, are superior. Because who the fuck uses the wide ones? I don't fucking know, What is man. the point of that? It's like, it, A, it makes it look like shit because it looks true. like you can't write because you're making these yeah. giant floppy letters. I mean, that's letters, who uses it. Right? It's for like elementary school kids who are learning how to write. Yeah, but it's like all the way through college, right? Yeah, I so guess. So I hate to brag, but I was using college-ruled shit in fucking middle school. <laughs> Thank you, you very just, much. You just wrote in grid paper. You're one of those people. I just wrote in numbers, actually. Yeah, it was very advanced. <laughs> what, what's the deal with that? Because that's the opposite extreme. You know, you've got all the way the wide ones, and then there's grid paper where it's like these tiny grids, and and some people really like to use that. Yeah, Mike has been swearing by those. Yeah, actually. that's a big that's a big uh, a big I thing feel like now. That in and of itself, you know, the paper that you use um, says so much about the inner workings of your brain. It does. Like you see the paper I use, it's. One half blank and one half staff paper. That's so just that fucked up. In the middle of the day, as I'm writing my work shit, I can also write music if it's coming out of my head. And do you? I can I see a time, page yeah. that has both? Yeah. Show me. Behold. <laughs> All right. See? Cool. Yeah. yeah. So it does. It does. It actually true. All right. Fine. Because I think the paper you use informs the process of your thinking. Oh, right? totally. I mean, to underscore that point even further, yeah. it's the it's the medium that you use for anything. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where. The medium that we use in terms of like computers and the tools that we use, everything informs how we think, you know, and language is another form of that. Like forcing our thoughts into language is actually dictating what we think about. (laughs) Exactly. You know, it's crazy. We are getting dangerously close to Ludwig Wittgenstein territory (laughs) and devolving into a big philosophical (laughs) conversation about the nature of words. Back to school. Which I want to talk about, but we will hold off for now. Yeah. But I'm bookmarking Wittgenstein. All right, fine. Yeah, back to school. So, so those are my my memories. Were being uh, like similarly excited to see like my friends again. Yeah, I was always excited to see haircuts because I feel like everybody got like their cool oh, haircut over the summer, and I was always like, I, I never wow. did. I could I was, never. I like, what did they do? That's interesting. I've never imagined. Like, I, I wouldn't even notice people's haircuts. Everybody got like I didn't fresh even know haircuts. People had hair. <laughs> yeah, I just went to school with a bunch of bald people. No, you don't remember this? It's have like you ever had that though, where someone asks thing. you, like, someone points out someone has a mustache or like some feature, and you're like. I don't actually, I can't, I don't know if they do. No, that, no. Are you face really? blind? Do you have prosopagnosia? Maybe I have a dash. Just a Maybe touch you, of it. Do, do you find yourself <laughs> unable to recognize it's, people sometimes? No, no, no. It's not to that extent. It's more just that once someone mentions it, like if someone mm. wears glasses or has mustache or something like that, like those those details, I don't pay attention to. But those are like big, th- if those you are ask like me, major details. Yeah, if, you if you asked me if it, you had a birthmark above your right you know, lip, I would be like, okay, I don't, I don't know that. <laughs> you haven't got that close but to like, my but lips? But if somebody said, like, does John Abdullah wear glasses? Yeah. I would have been like, yeah, because I bought the same ones, right? Uh, that's yeah, that's fair. I mean, if I'm seeing you that often. But, right. like, if you asked me what anyone in my pod was wearing mm-hmm. or know. whether they're wearing glasses today and what color they are or something like that, mm-hmm. I wouldn't know. Interesting. I mean, I know generally who wears glasses, yes, but... Do you know, like, how tall people are relative to you? Uh, I guess sort of, Yeah. Because usually everybody's shorter. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not you even know. that tall. I'm not even that tall. But we're a short office. I, I feel I like I'm not, I'm not like short. that short in yeah. this office, which is kind of liberating. Well, we say. also we skew dramatically female, so that what means are you trying to say? average. Well, I mean, uh, on average, what women, are you trying to say, women are shorter than men. That's why we're doing is, a series on masculinity. Is that, is that no? Like, you're right. You're right. Unfair to say. No, no. You're you're <laughs> you're right. You're right. And it's true. And yeah. that is definitely something that I've benefited from as a not exactly tall person. In my, <laughs> as a shrimp. Like, for most of my shrimp life, as a, as a small baby shrimp yeah. 
Um, I've always been like the shortest one in any group. And here I'm like, You're not that kind short. Of, I'm like kind of towering. The shortest one in every group. You're yeah, really... yeah, yeah. Well, I'm 5'7". Actually, I know I had my physical a couple days ago. Yeah. I'm 5'7 and one quarter. Oh, there you go. They give but you that quarter. Because she, she gave me the option <laughs> to tell her toe. when to stop the thing You wore your down. platform shoes. I wore my, my stilettos. <laughs> and, uh, and she was like, tell me when the hair stops in the head. Because anybody who knows me knows that like the hair takes up a significant amount of my And that's why, height. right? You're, you're accounting for your height. I am. Yeah, so it's all about compensating. <laughs> it looks bigger than you think. Um, and she was like putting it down and then I was and then I said stop anticipating she was getting to the head but it wasn't quite there so I might oh, not really that she quarter inch asked might not you, be it, because she was it was like a courtesy, courtesy thing she didn't want to like crush your hair with the I don't thing. know because that thing will fucking cut you I mean maybe I was deformed looking and she was like <laughs> maybe he has something wrong with his head and I don't want to like press down on it it might make him pass oh out oh my god um, that's funny but yeah I remember being really uh, really excited to see like what everybody was like had changed especially here's the thing yeah when puberty became a thing yeah that was always like very became exciting right how because every was, now like, and then I'll come press back. on my pinky and it still fucking hurts because of the cut yeah because of the fucking cut you want to see it it's not no, that that looks bad but you can man. see it's that's pretty wide bad yeah right? that's a big it is amazing cut. what that glue does but I do feel like if it were stitches it probably would have held together a little better or you longer you feel like uh, you should have done stitches no Hell no, because they can't even put any, uh, what's it called on it? Balls. <laughs> Novocaine. Lidocaine. Novocaine, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, <laughs> what is Novocaine though? It's a type of- Like a topical anesthetic. Thank you, an anesthetic yeah. on it. Um, so it would have had to be stitches without any anesthetic in that. Oh, yeah. like Civil War style. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, I cut you off. Great. I'm sorry. Um, puberty. But puberty, because you would come back to school and it's like anybody could look like fucking any. There was like, I never knew. I, I'd come so back true. and my friends would be 35 feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd be like, what the fuck, Kevin? Like, what happened to you? Right, right. Um, that was like always like a, a fun. That was Kevin a fun was abnormally thing. tall. Well, Kevin actually listens to the show. He's a, a friend of mine yeah. who was in the Poconos with me. And he's a great example of like what I'm talking about. So forever, he was like the little, the short one in our friend group, yeah. which was great for me because I was, <laughs> that was, that gave me a chance to not be the short one. Um, and then he came back with year and he was like way taller than hey all of the rest of us yeah and he was like what's <laughs> up bro? i was like whoa so uh that's you know that but that used to happen right you would go in and come back and people yeah. would have different haircuts different outfits different sizes and uh and that was always kind of fun and plus like you get to see your class for the first time yeah you get to be like this is my home away from home for the next you know nine months yeah totally which is always exciting it's exciting it totally is and it, it is always packed with so many emotions, right? Because there's the excitement, but there also, I mean, at least for me, there was definitely some anxiety. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't even remember about what exactly. It's just like general anxiety, you know, about like a new thing, about change and mm-hmm. entering something totally new, um, which is maybe a good note to sort of segue to what our kids' experiences have yeah. been so far. Um, do you want to start with Jude since you've been in this? Well, let's go, let's go with Grace because it's a little fresher. It's fresh. Her. All right. Yeah. Also, because I've been talking. Well, her. it's fresh. And yeah, so I, I talked maybe two episodes ago about her starting preschool. Mm-hmm. And we've really gone into this with a lot of excitement. Um, of course, fully realizing, too, that it's an adjustment for her going from an in-home daycare to, uh, you know, a center, a place that has. I mean, they actually do have like younger kid daycare as well. But in this case, she's in a preschool class. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're really excited for this because she's. She's really thrived on um, the learning that has been provided at the daycare before. And, like, you know, we've seen how she sort of um, has excelled at, at some of the things like writing and identifying colors and counting and all the stuff that, like, you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, she seems to have picked up on pretty quick. Um, and so we've been super excited about school. And th- I guess maybe did have some expectation that the transition would go fairly smooth, you know, like that there would be some initial maybe nervousness and all that, but mm-hmm. ultimately that she would thrive because it's, you know, if more kids are age and all of that. And I thought, I just wanted to be like 
totally honest with viewers, with other listeners who might be viewers, having, the, the people watching this and television the people watching, program. Yeah, because it is also on Roku live TV stream. now, yes. live streamed. Um, a s- exclusive deal with Roku. It was a big deal with Roku. Uh, so, so you know, I, I hopefully this can be helpful in the way that you think of it yourselves. For you know, if you have a kids who are about to go into uh, preschool, um, because it's been rough. I mean, like I said, she. The other thing is because she was in daycare already and wasn't going from like just being home. I thought the transition would be easier for that reason as well. Right. Um, but what we found is day one, she was very excited. And I think had generally a good day, which um, I think maybe when we talked about it, it was even her first day. So I hadn't. It was her. You had just dropped her off. That's yeah. right. Um, and each day that week got harder. Right. Um, in that I would I would pick her up and she actually was like excited, enthused, you know, seemed to have a good day, was talking about her day. But then starting in the morning, she would just constantly I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to school. You know, just over and over and over and over again. Um, and every day it got worse where it like started to even get into the nighttime where she would start to talk about it mm. for tomorrow. Um, and it was really, it was really disappointing, discouraging. And I know it's silly to like put all this expectation on, you know, a smooth transition, but like, I don't know. We just, we thought it would be easier. Um, but even then I was like, all right, well, you know, she needs at least a week to transition. Um, and, and the second week actually, started to get a little better you know i'm doing all the drop-offs in the morning um and it's been hard because like it just paints your whole morning in this like kind of sad way where you know you're dragging a kid to school and they're crying and all that screaming screaming it literally got to the point where she i had to peel her off of me and just like leave her in the classroom which never feels good no i think we did talk about that too um but you probably don't remember because you don't have i don't have any hippocampus it's true and then all of a sudden um during week two she said something like this in the car. She said, I think I'm not going to cry today. She's like, I think I'm actually, she said, I think I'm excited about going to school. Wow. I, don't, I think I don't have to cry. And it was like the sweetest, saddest thing. You know, yeah. just, just hearing her um, sort of like work through her emotions. Well, she was aware of her emotional state. She was aware of her emotional state and that like she was like getting into this rhythm of having to cry, but then realizing that, you know, maybe she didn't have to. Mm. And so... You know, and I still in that moment, because I've been trying to be really supportive and saying, like, it's fine to cry. It's also okay to feel, you know, both sad about it as well as um, excited, you know, to hold both of those. Um, And so that seemed to, like, to actually sink in and that she was getting more comfortable. And then each day of week two, I think it was, it actually got better. And she actually then by that Friday, she was, like, actually excited. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that left me in a good state where I'm like, you know. That was awesome. Like, in looking back, of course, I was able to say that was a smooth transition. Right. And then <laughs> came weeks three and four. We're now on week five, I believe. And they were, they continued to be extremely tough <laughs> for really? all of us. Yes. And it was really surprising because I thought, you know, from in my mind, she had like this breakthrough, right? And then it yeah. led to smooth sailing. And I think maybe that speaks to sort of, again, the expectations as a parent where you want to like, you know, you want your kid to be able to work through something and like you want to, you know, I mean, there's a selfishness to it too. I was tired of fucking hearing her cry every morning and like that just being the start of our day. Yeah, that sucks. And so um, then it got really hard again and and it was hard like every day, the crying again and, uh, you know, the weirdness, the juxtaposition of picking her up and having her be happy. So she was still happy during that. She was still happy, yeah. And like we also get pictures, as I've said, you know, we get uh, updates from the school. So every it's nice to minutes. see her every 20 minutes, yeah. exactly, just to let me know where she is. Uh, and so we get pictures and it's been, you know, a good way to just see that she's engaging. And, and stuff. while she was upset, was there any difference between when she was upset and when she was happy in those pictures from school? 
Was there any difference? Like, with, could oh, you tell I that she was happy or, yeah, or not? Yeah, there's definitely, there were definitely, I feel so, like. So that was actually, not, not just leaving, she was actually unhappy when she was there. Well, I think generally she was happy there, but there were certain days where I could see like she had harder days and, you know, it seemed like she was crying, had been crying. So it was kind of like back and forth. It wasn't mm. just consistently all good or bad or anything like that. Um, and, and she did, does enjoy a lot of the actual school because like we talk about it at the end of the day and, and I even say like, do you want to go back tomorrow? And she said yes. But then later that night, she'll be talking about no again. So I can see in her that there's these very mixed emotions, and I'm trying to be patient and help her work through that. Um, and then, like, you know, the latest is this, this Monday. Um, it was after a weekend, which can go either way because, like, she's had some space from it. Um, but also, you know, it's transitioning back again after being home. Mm-hmm. And that started actually amazing. That was her best day where she didn't cry and she was actually that was excited. this week? This Monday, okay, yeah. Yep. Um, and, you know, I'm going through this whole timeline because, um, again, I feel like w- we go in with certain expectations of how our kids need to transition and what we need to do as parents to help them. And this yet again felt like this moment where as much as I have been trying to help her work through it and like I put a lot on myself and Bethany to like to say the right thing or do the right thing. The reality is that, she, you know, she needs the time to transition and like we're trying to create that space where it's OK for her to feel what she feels. Um, but it's fucking hard. It's hard not to feel like you're not doing something right in that moment that you couldn't sort of help her work through it um and you know i still don't always feel like it's the right thing to just let her keep complaining but anyway um it's a work in progress what do you mean mean it's not always the right thing to let her keep complaining well here's what i mean and this is something this is where it's helpful to have a licensed mental health counselor in our home (laughs) my wife Mm -hmm. um because what happens is, uh, and and she works with clients who you know suffer from depression and like serious issues, um, where it can be really hard to sort of get over a, a dark stage in your life, of, you know, where you go into this pattern of thinking negative, and that that reinforces negative thoughts, right? And it actually establishes um, these connections in your brain that are really hard to undo, mm-hmm. and so. When she constantly in the morning is saying, I don't want to go to school, I don't want to go to school, and cries and cries, it has this reinforcing thing where it creates this narrative that school is bad and makes her cry. Um, and, like, I don't want her – I don't want to say, it's, you know, don't cry. Or, you know, I try to, like, help her think about the positive things that she likes. That's an example where I think it can be helpful. Um, but you have to sort of break that cycle or else the more it becomes sort of ingrained. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I'm struggling because, like, as a parent, I want to help her work through it. And I want her to see the positive, but I also don't want to force her to have to like feel good about something that she doesn't feel good about. Right. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Have you talked to the teacher about it? Yeah, I do talk to the teacher and like, you know, <laughs> a lot of times the teachers, so the way they break it up, it, she's basically doing like before and after school as part of it. It's all in the same place, but so I don't necessarily get as much in-depth time with the teacher, her main teacher as mm-hmm. I'd like. But, um, you know, she's emphasized that like it's the transition periods that are harder for Grace. Um, like when they go from doing one activity to another, and that yeah, sort of thing, right. which makes sense. Right. You know, it's all so she isn't in, in terms of um, she gets emotional during those periods, exactly because that was Jude's yeah. problem area too when he started yeah. school. But for him, it was just because he he would like have a hard time um, listening to where he was supposed to go uh, next because yeah. he was like too engaged in something. Right, right. But transitional right. periods in general seem to be kind of like a pressure point for kids. it. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, the teacher isn't. It certainly hasn't been concerned, and it said mostly she has good days with some like some crying that happens during nap time or transitions. But you know, generally she seems to be engaged and mm-hmm. likes school and is making friends too. That's been an amazing part where, you know, every day she'll be talking about her new best friend and 
um, some of the experiences that she's had. And, and there's now a new batch of kids starting who, uh, you know, she, it's interesting because that, that's why she had such a good day Monday. She was actually helping some of the new kids yeah. um, come in. And that that shift is helpful because then you become, you go from being the one who's like, you know, being helped by other kids to helping other kids mm-hmm. and putting more emphasis on that. So that was nice. But yeah, that's where we're at now. I mean, what was, the, 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 what was the, Jude's transition like? Well, well, well. Before we get that, the, the reality is, is we're both hitting our fucking pop filters. I know. What's every up time, with what that? is up with this shit? It's probably the lack of brain cells. That's no hippocampus. So the thing is, is that like, uh, you're not setting up a cycle. She just started school for the <laughs> I know, first I know. time, right? So like, this yeah, is not yeah, the yeah, rest yeah. of her life going to be dictated. She's not going to be sitting She's in college crying every day, life. right? This is we not- have to pull her now because the we other thing is, her, that's, the to, that's the only answer. Yeah. the The reality is, is that like the brain is so plastic at this point yeah. in their lives, and it is constantly bombarded by so many contradictory stimuli, and there's so much <laughs> going on, and it's so complicated that patterns aren't even really forming in any deep way, other than the ones that I think you're reinforcing every single day by being like mindful as a parent, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But in terms of like just environmental factors like this, I, I don't think you have to worry about it. <laughs> I say this as not a licensed professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't don't put too much pressure on yourself because that's it's unfair to you. I know, I know. And it's also like unfair to Grace because the reality is, is that she is enjoying it. Like she's having fun, right. she's making friends, she's getting the benefit of being at school. The the differences transitions are hard for her yeah. because she hasn't developed a vocabulary to deal with them yet, right? Yeah. Because she hasn't had them in her life very much. It, True. It's been it's she's had basically just her home life and her family and stuff like that. And then she's had her daycare. Right. And those Which two is things basically have like been, extended family given that she's been there since three months. Since three old. months, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. so she's known a very steady, solid thing. Right. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Yeah. But it is it is a thing, right? Oh, absolutely. That has been the paradigm she's been operating in. Yeah. And so it makes sense that if that's disrupted, it would be confusing for her. Right. But she's not crying about school. And I think that's the important thing to remember. Yeah. It's not school that she's crying about. She's crying about change. Right? I think so. You know, it's it's you're totally right to make all of those points. I'm I always mean, right. <laughs> certainly a lot of what she cries about is that she doesn't she misses us. But she will say I don't like school. Mm-hmm. And this is again the vocabulary, being able to express how she's actually feeling. Um so it's a little hard to separate it out. But I think for her, you know, there's the association that school is the time away from us and right. it is the change. So I think in that sense, she would say she doesn't like school. But like right. when it comes to actually. But it's not actually school. It's what school represents. I yeah, think, exactly. Right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. It's because it's, you could you could pretty much like swap that with anything. But it's just this right. disruptive. Like I don't like what she's really saying is I don't like disruption. Right. Yeah, I think so. I don't like uncertainty. Right. Which I think we can all completely relate to. Yeah, right. It's yeah. scary for all of us. But she seems to be enjoying actual school itself, what it actually is, yes. outside of just being a disruptive element. Thankfully. <laughs> so I think she's fine, and, and I think it's going to be okay. But it doesn't mean that it's not hard, you know? And, and I remember... Yeah. So Jude's, like, adjustment to school was pretty good. Um, and uh, even I mean, at preschool, too, but but kindergarten, he was he was pretty fine with it. But after a while, there were more days where he would come home and say something about not wanting to go back to school the next day or right. say something about somebody he didn't like that was kind of picking on him. And um, and those are terrible because you, you're kind of forced to be in this position where you have to say, like, you you have to do this. This, yeah. is, this is part of, like, how you become a, a, a fully developed kid. And, like, this is – life is like that sometimes, right? Right. But you also don't want to what, – what I, what I personally <laughs> want to avoid – This is how you become a fully developed kid. <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> – I love this that's is the reason. Yeah. Humans, this is how you <laughs> – 
I, I also don't want to give this vibe off, and, and this is something that we've done with other things too, that it's like a, a necessary evil because it's not. Right? No, exactly. So it's, I don't want to get into this paradigm where we're, where we're kind of justifying going to school by like, hey, it sucks, but you got to do it. Right, 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 right. Because he will get that from everybody else. Yeah, like All of his true. friends will be like, oh, I don't want to do homework. That was Doug again. Doug. Well, hey, he didn't do homework and he still became a physicist. He's a fucking physics professor, so he's doing fine. Like that is that is uh, that is just a fact, right? Yeah. But how he controls his interpretation of that is is what makes him successful in school yeah. or not, right? Yeah. It, it's what you do with that. But you have to like realize that everybody around him or, or everybody around Grace will be basically constantly reinforcing this idea that like school sucks. I want to go play, right? Pretty much, yeah. So I think um, like it's look for the things that she is excited about. Yeah. And I know you're doing this anyway, but for people listening, you know, like when when your kids tell you things that they're excited about seeing or things that they remember or when their teachers point something out, like really emphasize that as something great that they can only get at school. Right. right? And the people too, right? Because, you know, that's the thing. If they emphasize certain kids, I think um, really focusing on that, that's like that's where she sees them. You Mm -hmm. know, they're not she's not going to see them anywhere else. Right. At least right now. Yeah. What's nice, though, is that then it gives... So what was fun for me last year, especially, was yeah. looking for the kids that he was talking about a lot. Yeah. And arranging play dates with them. So oh, like, totally. For example, for Jude's... So he's he's got a few birthday parties this year, but like there's kind of like the small family one tonight, mm-hmm. and then there's like a really tiny one tomorrow yeah. with just one other friend. That'll be nice. And then we're going to the Museum of Science, and it's like his like best friend from school that he just hangs out with all the time. And it's like the one kid that he wants to make sure he gets to see on his oh, birthday. That's right? awesome. It's so great having that, you know, like yeah. that one kid or person. And in this kid is, is so sweet and so nice and just great. And um, and they're gonna have like a really nice time together. Uh, and then um, and then there's like the much bigger fam- like family party in Connecticut. Right, right, right. But the the good thing is that um, he was able to like forge this relationship with somebody that he was seeing at school every day so that they would have a connection outside of school. And then when they were in school together, they weren't alone. You yeah. Know? Oh, totally. So that if something happened, he knew that he had somebody who got him outside of just the context of and school. And that also is huge because Grace has that in that there's someone from our daycare mm. who had gone to daycare with Grace. who So she grew up with her since babies, you know, and... A year since ago, babies. since babies, <laughs> since babies were since invented, babies, um, since they were babies, and uh, so this girl had been in this same school already last year, and so now they're like reuniting, and they're not in the same class, but whenever they see each other, they yeah. just like click, and like that's another reason that she's definitely been excited about it. And you're totally right, of course, about the out of school thing too. This is actually the great moment where your kids social uh, circles expand dramatically. Right. And it's the funniest thing because we'll go to like a town, you know, farmer's market or some other kids like event, you know, where there are a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. And at every single one we've been to in our town since then, there have been kids who will just come up to her um, that we don't know. We haven't met them or their parents and they come up to her and that's, and then we strike a conversation with their parents and it's like, it's the funniest thing. To be fair, thing. most of those are just kids that have read her cookbooks. This yeah, is, exactly. This is, she's a celebrity, That's true. Right? Yeah. I mean, especially uh, among kids, you know, who are really just very getting into big cooking. cooking audience. Well, it's where you Gourmand start. Gourmand children. You know, it's, if you're going to start cooking as a kid, you want to start with something that's written by a kid. Right, but avant-garde cuisine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, molecular gastronomy. They're always coming up to her, you know, asking for an Instagram. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Instagram. I don't what? even know what people say. Story. Oh They're man. They're like, snap me. Fucking. I don't even use Instagram. I fucking can't um, say Instagram. But anyway, but yeah, I mean, but, I don't have anything against but, it. But I just what's don't. great is that what you're doing is you're breaking down the walls between school and home, and that to me is a big deal. It is. That to me yeah. is something that's really successful, and and that leads to things down the road because that is a pattern that you can establish that can reinforce itself in a positive yes. way over time. If you can say, "Hey, school isn't this like place you go to that's like a an island that's separate. Like we're involved in it together. I want to hear what yeah. you did. 
I want to know your teachers. I want to like be a part of it and help you with homework. And I want to help you think through things. This is part and, of your life for the next 21 years or whatever. <laughs> right. It's not going anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. So let's make it fun and make it a, a family experience that we can all go through yeah. together, you know? Yeah. And, and it doesn't mean I'm going to like do the work, obviously, for them. But it means that like I want to be involved and I want to help and I want to troubleshoot. And then that will mean that when problems arise that are more serious with bullying and with yeah. you know social ostracization or whatever, that it, they'll feel comfortable talking to us because we are there with them. We know what they're going through. We get it. That's you know? true. And I mean, I think there is also this basic part of it where that kind of change and disruption in your life is something that you have to experience. And so I'll tell her, like, there are things that we don't want to do in our life that we have to do, mm-hmm. you know, that are good for us, right? So, I mean, I think I think there is just like, like that practical thing um, when kids are having trouble, you know, or are crying about something or having a hard time with transitions where they've got to be able to work through it and get through it. You know, and I mean, not we're not actually considering taking her out or like anything like that. But if we were to do something like that, that would be such in my mind, you know, such a missed opportunity and mm-hmm. um, and trying to protect her from that. And the reality is, you know, it's a good thing like that builds resilience. And I think another really big takeaway for me through all this is is what it sort of brings out in me and the way that because it all comes back to me, obviously. It's all about you. <laughs> It's all about you. Because there's like what she's going through and helping her work through that and build that resilience. And I think you're right in a lot of ways in terms of plasticity there and the fact that like I don't have any doubt in my mind that she's going to get there. Mm-hmm. And then there's us, right, who who are later in our lives in development, who don't have any brain cells the left. The end of our lives. No plasticity. Yep. It's just all rigidity. Yep. And it's calling it, – it's sort of surfacing some things about me that I, I'm – I don't know, not appreciating, but like just recognizing, I guess that's a good word. Obsessed with. Um, obsessed with, because yeah, narcissistic, mm-hmm. hence doing a podcast. Yes. Um, where I, in my mind, you know, I like to sort of like focus on something like this, you know, her starting school and then work through it and then put it behind me. You know, like I have this idea, this concept, like I can do this with other projects or work life or other things where you sort of work through something mm-hmm. and then you can move on, you know? So I was very quick in that second week to think, all right, she had a breakthrough and this is going to be awesome. Like, you know, now we're, we're through it. And I'll put and, the Trello card in the archive. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. And that's not life. You know, I know mm-hmm. that, you know, like logically, of course, but, but that tendency to want to sort of work through something and then move on is uh, it's there's some disconnect there that I have to work through in myself because mm-hmm. like that's just you know it's being more comfortable with um, the unknown and the fact that like you know life goes back and forth and with this pendulum like later like you said she's gonna you know be fine and then all of a sudden she's gonna start complaining about school again um, and so that has been repeatedly a lesson in parenting for me where you think you sort of make a breakthrough and and like you know you have a sort of regular. Um, cycle to your life or rhythm that you get into mm-hmm. and then it fucking breaks and you gotta yep. you gotta roll with it you gotta adapt and uh you know i think it's it's led me to grow in ways that i need to so um i'm trying to sort of be mindful of of the shift and the transition for me as a parent too now right right um one one other thing i want to like kind of leave with that I, i've i've just noticed maybe more... something useful for our listeners <laughs> yeah so here's a toolkit for you yeah <laughs> um i've noticed that it is important to always validate the way that they feel, even if it is ridiculous. And even if yeah. you know it's actually not, even if you know she's not actually upset about school itself, if you know she's upset about something else, even if Jude, even if I know Jude isn't actually being like bullied by this kid, it's just that this kid is like loud and Jude doesn't like that and, you know, et cetera. Like it is, it, they, the fact that they are upset is important in and of itself yeah. and should and not be real. questioned. That's real, mm-hmm. right? 
and they and the only way to deal with that is to be empathetic and to listen. And I think what happens is people start thinking the more of that you do, the more you set up this paradigm where I'm going to have like a whiny kid. But it's not the case because right. kids who know that they're being listened to and know that they matter yeah. don't need to get attention like that. Like they don't need to constantly so true. be f- annoying because the reality is that they they know that they're listened to and they know that they're that they're loved, right? And so I feel like a really good piece of advice with school is if your child is having issues with something, mm-hmm. just listen and be there for them and help them work through it, even if you know it's ridiculous. And at the end of the day, that will only help down the road, too. I think that's true. You know, I really I think you're spot on with this idea of validating feelings. And I think there's a there's a pairing there of um, validating and then helping them work through. And, you know, it, it doesn't so much apply in this case. It is more about listening. But I think where people get stuck with the idea of empathy is they think that means that you're just sort of like free range, you know, let them do what they want. And that's not what it's saying. It's like validate their feelings and then help them work through something. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if it is more about discipline and they just like took something from their sibling, um, you can validate the fact they really wanted to play with that. And I'm sorry that you couldn't have it, but you can't pull something. That's not how you get what you want in life. It's still not okay. You You know, so it's like how you sort of balance those two so that you're both validating as well as helping them work through like you know not being a dipshit mm-hmm. um which again isn't applicable to the school thing because i think it is more about just giving them space to you know but, feel it, but what it, it's feel. applicable in that like there's this bigger question of if you have a or if it says a lot about how you perceive your own child depending on which approach you take right yeah if you feel like everything has to be kind of a scold approach and you have to slap them and you have to do all this shit to kind of keep them in line then you're assuming that they're like incapable of doing anything right without your intervention basically well and it's creating that kind of um, and it's setting itself up yeah right it's like you said it's setting up a pattern and the brain is wiring itself to accommodate that pattern right and then they believe that they always need to basically be subservient to somebody's authority because in the absence of that they don't know what to do very much in the book that i referenced a while ago with um professor maskelo who yeah yeah right right this idea of the parent who's authoritarian right that's that versus authoritative is authoritative, which right. is sort of the balance you want to hit, versus the other extreme, which I forget what it's called now. It's like but, laissez-faire, basically. Um, yeah, basically. Exactly, and 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 that's like you want to. Uh, if you validate the way that they feel, then a that's correct because they do feel that way. It's not yeah. just fake. They're not just trying to be fucking crazy. Like they feel <laughs> exactly, that way. They, exactly. It's real. They feel that way, and they might not know why they feel that way. But you know what? A lot of the time, I have no fucking clue right? why I'm upset about something. I have no idea why I'm crying on the phone because I cry all the time, <laughs> or I don't know why I'm angry at somebody who did nothing really actually wrong, but they're just like incompetent a little bit in one way that pisses me <laughs> off, and they mispronounce mischievous or something, and I get mad about it, and then I just like wow. go off on this thing, right? Yeah, yeah. We are always like that as people, and it is okay for children to be like that and to be accepted for being like that, right? It, it reminds me of uh, what Oprah told me specifically in our, in our one-on-one, uh, which is that everyone wants to be heard. You know, yeah. everyone everyone at the end of an inter- interview will ask that question, mm-hmm. was that okay? You know, because they want to know that they were heard and w- that what they said sort of meant something, right. you know, and just be acknowledged. And I think, I think that's so right that every adult also feels that way. We may not express that, but, um, you know, to be heard is, is really powerful. Um, and... You know, where you go with that and how you sort of help someone work through it isn't necessarily just like sort of going with it. You know, like I wouldn't just say to Grace, okay, well, you don't have to go to school anymore. Right. Um, You know, we got to be we have to be strong as parents and help them work through that so we can sort of counter that narrative and then help them work through it productively. Which We're going to figure it out together. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) And and, and it's going to happen. So. Good luck. Yeah, keep you updated. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Jude starts. Uh, you know, by the time this episode airs, he will be. It will be like two days before his first day, 
and then Henry starts fucking preschool Ugh. about Nuh-uh. a month or so after that. Yeah. Oh my. Which God. is just so. I'm sure we'll have some stories about that. So. Yeah, I Stay can't tuned. wait to hear about Henry. That'll be really interesting, actually. Yeah, I think he's going to be really okay. I think so too. He's like the most I, I'm socially comfortable. Just be like crawling all over the walls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah. swinging from the lights. And right, things. right, right. That might happen, but he'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Talk to you See later. You. Bye. Bye.